Welcome to the 33rd episode of the Invincibly Super Massive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com. And with me as a guest, I teased a while ago. I said this this guest would be returning, but because he was busy performing his civic duties, he was not able to, to come until now. We have the return of Joshua Hill Filkov. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, I am free from my uh, duties to my country. I like to think of myself as sort of an American hero for the <laughs> five weeks that I spent uh, in a room with very poor air conditioning uh, with strangers. Um, as, a, as a comic book writer, I spend 99% of my time alone in a room. So spending time with other people really uh, like uh, it's very uh, Jean-Paul Sartre-esque. Uh, it is... Indeed, hell on earth, it turns out. Who knew? So, um, are you the greatest American hero? I mean, look, I'm going to let the people decide. Believe it or not. What did that guy do? He found an alien suit. I sat in a room and judged a dude. <laughs> so, you be the judge of me, who was the judge. So, how soon until we, we see like court cases showing up in your stories? I, uh, you know, like, I, it's funny because I, ha- I actually ended up having an idea. Like, it's, that's the joke, right? Is like they said to me, you know, when you go through the voir dire, which is where they ask you why you shouldn't be on a jury. Um, that was where well, I was like, they're like, well, you know, as a writer, you guys do tend to make things up. And you know that being in court is not like being in the movies. And I said, well, I am an idiot. So I had no idea. I really thought that that was how it was. Um, but so they always joke about how, like, it's going to be a good experience for you. Um, and it's sort of a good experience in that it's very sad because it's such a kind of beautiful thing. Like, the idea of a court, of a jury trial and all that stuff is sort of so beautiful. But then when you get there and you're, like, you're there for nine hours but only actually work for four hours and everything is always late and, you know, they're using a computer from, you know, 1992. <laughs> like, all that stuff is really, it's actually kind of, you know, like, the no matter how well-prepared or well you know, and then even just in the deliberation phase where, like, you know, the one person who decide, you know, one, you know, one person decides, like, well, if I sentence for this, if I, if I say guilty on this, he's going to go to jail for this long. So I'm not going to do that, even though he did that. And you're like, well, what the hell does that know? This isn't how it works. <laughs> so it's it, like that part of it's pretty interesting. Um, so I don't know. I, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, that- saving it for, I'm saving it for when I uh, for when I get Daredevil and knock Mark Wade off that book. <laughs> And I will turn it into a straight, like, he's got some of the superhero stuff in there. I got no time for that. It's just going to be court cases. Matt Murdock, attorney at law. That's all it's going to be. He's just going to hang out. He's going to do some law and uh, wait. There's going to be a lot of waiting for the judge. <laughs> it's going to be very depressing. It's page after page. Which is there. even more depressing than the, the book now, which is pretty cancery. So, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm surprised that I, you know how I, I do the, the off their mind questions. Mm-hmm. I I could have sworn I I I asked about a jury duty because 
that's like a, a great question. Like, what does a superhero do if they get called for jury duty? You know, it's just like, what does a comic book writer do if they get called for jury duty? You know, you, you have to put everything else on hold. So. Yeah, and like I said, well, and you know, the, the the upside, I guess, for superheroes, for the most part, they seem to be fine for money. Like, we've gotten past the point where there's superheroes who are like, oh, God, how am I going to pay my rent? Um, so there's that part of it, which that, that part also is not very realistic, because that's the other thing. It's, it's a lot of people sitting in the room being like, well, I don't know, I'm going to pay my mortgage. So that's fun. That's crazy. But yeah, I, like I, we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, it actually, you know, like it... Being on a jury is a very weird thing because it is like it feels like this big responsibility, but at the same time, it also feels like they're sucking away the marrow from your bones while you're sitting there. And it's sort of like this this attempt at finding a balance between the two of being like uplifted by, look, our system works, by all of the very obvious things in your face about how our system totally doesn't work. And I, I guess when they, they do the, the whole jury process, it's like you have to pick people who aren't going to be just pissed that they're sitting there, you know, for well, so everybody long. Everybody is though. Every person is. Like there's uh, like there was one guy who was retired who was just like, "Oh, I love it. It's just so much fun." I'm yeah. like, "What? Jesus, I have so much work. It just sits there waiting for me." Because that's, that's the thing. They, they just come out whether I got to write them. I mean, if I don't write them, they don't come out. And when so, they don't come out, they get mad and then I don't have jobs. Cuz people might be just like like screw it. Let's just we're just going to decide. It's like, I, "Shut shut up. I don't need to hear the rest of the case. Just here's here's the answer. Here's a verdict." So it's yeah. like it's 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 weird. Yeah, I, it, but it's also you know the other side of it again, which is sort of strange, is that when it, like everyone was like that up until the moment that you actually start deliberating, and then like even the sort of staunchest like I just want to get out of here guy turned into like we're gonna take our time and we're gonna talk this through and we're gonna, so you know like, like I said theoretically it works but the, the it duty also allows it allows just one person to throw the whole thing into chaos too, which is a whole other thing. Now, now, what what about the idea of like, and we're so like off of comics, but that's okay. Uh, it's like the idea of like like professional juries, you know. Where, where that's I'm all for, you know, look, I, here's what I would say: I would never, uh, if I was innocent of a crime, uh, I would never use a jury because it's not like he did it. He did. It's like well, that guy looks guilty. Like mm-hmm. that's just what people do. Okay, so you're saying. I'm I'm all for no, like I'm all for professional jurors. I think it's actually like, I understand that it's it's complex and you know you still have corruption and you have all that stuff. But it's like I just you know when you sit there like the thing we the case I was on there was lots of physics and lots of science and you know like when you sit there and, and the jury's like well I don't know about science you're like what the what are you talking about what do you mean you don't know about science what are you talking about there's science here for God's sake. That's what science is. It means it's right. <sighs> so, anyways, that was my jury duty. Wow. That was that was my life for five five weeks, and now I'm uh, but now I'm back, and I am uh, uh, working twenty hour days to try and get caught up. But uh, I promise, by this I swear, Tony, uh, by this I swear, uh, my comics will come out on time. Uh, because Marvel will hit me if I if they don't. So it's nice you're you're so swamped and and you're taking the time to talk to us. So well, look, I I do love you. Uh, and I love I've you ridden, too. I've ridden in cabs with you. Mm-hmm. I've found myself alone in hallways uh, <laughs> with your sparkling eyes. I've seen I've seen I've seen you in your in your is that your old office now? It's your old office now. Isn't yeah. 
saw you in your in your old office, and we we drank underneath a underneath a low ceiling mm-hmm. in this room. That room was smelly. Remember that smelly room? It was bad. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it, like it's a nice room, but it was smelly. It was a little yeah. musty because it was yeah. like all the concrete and bricks and yeah. and yeah, that happens. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> so um, we we should probably talk about talk about comics. Yeah, yeah some of your comics. So. Uh, let's see. A, a couple weeks ago, um, your first issue of Ultimate Comics to Ultimates, so issue twenty five, came out. I like to call it Marvel Comics presents Ultimate Comics the Ultimates because I like to put as many words before the actual title as possible. Yeah, because is that wrong? Is that not okay? I was actually considering. I asked them when I came on if we could change it to Joshua Hale Fialkov's Marvel Comics presents Ultimate Comics the Ultimates colon Ultimate Edition. That would be uh, good. And they, they, that was too much, though. They said no. It's mm, too bad. But I'm going to keep petitioning for that. I just want as many. I want colons, like as many colons as possible in the titles of things I do. Yeah, because it's like on the covers, like there's there's no colons, right. and and even in the the fine print, it's just Ultimate Comics Ultimates. There's yeah. it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird sentence. They don't even it's have. Really well, it's weird, like when you explain to people, like when I tell people, like when I tell non comics people what I write, and I'm like, well, it's the Ultimate Comic Ultimates. What? It's the Avengers. <laughs> You're sort of like, no, no, it's the Avengers. It's not those Avengers, but it's the Avengers. They, it, they don't even have the in, in the, yeah. the fine print, even yeah. though it's, it's on the, the, the title, the cover. Yeah. So. Ultimate Comics Ultimates. I don't know. I'm fine. Look, I'm so happy to be writing the book. You can call it. If they wanted to call it the Poopies, I'd be psyched. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel Comics presents Ultimate Comics colon the poopies. I'd be like, sweet. Do I get to have Hulk hitting things? Awesome. I'd be totally happy. So um Infinity Gauntlet and you're shaking things. I mean that that's what the Ultimate Comics are about. It's like just shaking things up, throwing things all over the place and doing pretty much whatever the heck you want. Yeah, I mean look, so the Ultimate Comics is, is sort of a funny challenge in that um, you know, like well, even when the you know kind of the first conversations I had with with uh, with Mark Panisha and Emily Shaw, the editors, and with Brian Bendis and Brian Wood, like the the um, sort of the the double edged sword of the Ultimates is that that's the early stuff that Bendis and Millar and Ellis, all the, all those guys did was so good and so successful that so much of the movie stuff is kind of born out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then because the movies are now so good and so successful, so much of the main Marvel Universe is born out of that. So the question becomes, like, so how do you do a book where so much of your iconography has been kind of co-opted into these other things and therefore doesn't feel new and different anymore? And so it's, it's sort of a challenge. And I think, you know, Bendis with Miles Morales is a really... You know, that's the best example of it, right? Like, that book is still Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, he changed the lead character. He killed one of the most beloved characters in comics and got a new guy in. And people still love that book. Because at its heart, at its spirit, it's still that book. And so that's, that's sort of the attitude that I took coming on, to, uh, coming on to the book. is like, look, I want everything that happened before happened before. And clearly, you know, as you read, as you move forward, both with this week's issue... Um, and you know the first issue that I did, like you, you clearly, I'm I'm pulling threads from what Jonathan Hickman did and from what, um, and from what Sam did right before me. Like I'm trying to pull all that stuff together so that there's sort of a feeling of unity 
so that we can kind of complete the stories that they've that they put in motion, you know, to the best of my abilities. And it's hard because they're both really, really good writers. Now I, I got to ask the 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 gloves, the gauntlets. So aside from the 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 gems, mm-hmm. do the gloves themselves have special properties? Because you know we we see Sue Storm wearing a glove, and it, it fits almost like a glove, and then well, the yes. Hulk puts it on. And it fits him like a glove. <laughs> no, they actually what this is a little known fact. Ultimate Sue uh, Storm has giant hands. Ah. I don't know. You can't. I mean, it's hard to tell because, you know, she, she wants, makes them invisible. She really wants to do it. Yeah. She's just gigantic, revolting hands. So, she has, you know how uh, they say Megan Fox has toe thumbs. Mm-hmm. She has toe hands. Mm. Giant, nothing, but they just look like giant big toes. So she uses like her powers to kind of like Photoshop <laughs> her hands. Exactly. Her amazing ability to alter men's vision so that they don't see her revolting man hands. Yeah, that's that's for no. Uh, yes, I think I I like to think that it's the gems that do it. Um, that the gems themselves they're so powerful that they instinctively uh, size themselves appropriately. Um, although now that I've said this whole thing about her having giant hands, I think I might try and push for that now too. <laughs> uh, so. Now, now the other thing is, is, you know, when when you were brought on the book, did they say, "Hey, we want you to take over the book. We want you know bring in the Infinity Gauntlet and all that," or did you come on the book and, and you say, "Hey, this is what I want to do"? Um, I mean, it was the Infinity Gauntlet stuff is in Sam's run. It was clearly like he's been seeding it for you know it's been being you know seeded for like ten issues, um, so it was time. Like it was clearly to me, it was clearly the story that both you know, Jonathan and Sam were working towards. So again, like it was just like, let's, let's put a capper on it. Like, let's, let's do this. And, you know, at the same time, there's so much of the cosmic stuff going on in Marvel, right at Marvel right now, including Thanos stuff and including all, you know, all those things that it became sort of a challenge again to like, how do we, how do we set ourselves apart? Um, and so, part of that is changing the purpose of the gauntlets, like changing what the gauntlets mean. And, and as you go through this first story, um, in the next, the next issue, you get um, pretty much the backstory explaining more than just what you saw in the first issue, like getting the real backstory of what the gauntlets are um, and how, how they, you know, what their purpose is in every universe. Um, and it, it's stuff that literally folds back all the way to the first few issues of ultimate fantastic four. Nice. Um, which I'm real proud of. Like, because I wanted, you know, with all of this science fiction, all the science fiction in the Ultimate Universe is so much more grounded and so much more, uh, you know, reality based, quote unquote, or as much as reality based as, you know, a bunch of freakishly powerful creatures and a guy who thinks he's a god who is a god and has a harness that makes him a god. As much as all that can be, <laughs> you know. Um, so like you know, for me, I wanted to I wanted to do it in sort of a more grounded way because that's sort of what's cool about like the Infinity Gauntlet is ridiculously powerful in the Marvel universe, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's if you actually go back and read you know the original Infinity Gauntlet story, which I love stuff, which is great. It's a really cool book actually. It's actually like really modern and really kind of really works. It's a mm-hmm. good fun book. Um, you know, you go and read it, like, and it's just so powerful that it sort of doesn't make sense in the Ultimate Universe. Like, it's so far beyond anything we've seen in the Ultimate Universe, including Galactus, including, um, you know, including 
the you know the pan dimensional stuff and like it's it's just so far beyond it that I felt like let's find a more kind of grounded explanation for what they are and how they work. Um, and you know when you finally see all the gems together, uh, something crazy is about to happen. Put it that way. Mm, very interesting. So uh, Ultimate King, because um, I I I told you before it's like I was I got a little behind on Ultimates, but of course I read your run. Don't tell Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so is is this the first time we're seeing Ultimate King? Yes, this is the first appearance. Well, maybe, maybe. Ho ho ho! Hmm. Oh, crafty! Because it's interesting that um, so so this King looks a little different than what we're used to. No, no penis is what you're, that what you're saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, as far as we can tell, yeah. Um, this is the Ultimate Universe. We are very edgy. Um, yeah, so She Kang, as uh, a bunch of people on the internet call her She Kang, which I think is delightful and sort of, I don't know if it's, I can't tell if it's sexist or delightful. It's really hard, it's really hard to tell. Um, yeah, so She Kang, you know, that was the idea of using, you know, we wanted, um, as, you know, as we were talking about who this kind of fourth character would be and who the character who would, um, who would be manipulating you know everything leading up to this moment kang is the character that sort of made the most sense right like what kang represents across you know every version of kang in the marvel universe represents this sort of game player right mm-hmm. um so the the thing i go back to a lot is avengers forever and how in avengers forever kang is both the villain and the hero of the story right because mm-hmm. when kang becomes immortus kang is technically the one who's helping trying and Wardus is trying to sort out the time stream and Kang is trying to sort it out in his own like for his own favor that level of kind of gray is what to me is at the heart of that character and when we were discussing who that character should be and who the, who that fourth character would be manipulating everything and who would have the sway um over these three guys to get them to do it like it just it made sense number one who the character would be and then it made sense that she would disguise herself as Kang, that she would become Kang. Hmm. So that, you know, thinking about the way the ultimate universe works, I mean, I, I like the idea in general that like anything goes. I, th- I think that's great. And, you know, it's, it's basically these are the same characters, but an alternate reality version. So, you know, of course, some things are going to be different. Mm-hmm. But then you have like some things that, that are just so far different and it's 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 kind of weird that like how could and you know this is like totally overanalyzing things like you know because it could be like one little moment veered things off and you know so things happen differently but i'm, I'm thinking more like like ultimate wolverine or i mean mm-hmm. ultimate cable where mm-hmm. you know cable was wolverine from the future and so it's like you know I, I, I see it, stuff like that. It's like it, it was an interesting story, and it was, it was it was a crazy reveal and all that. But maybe it's just me thinking about it too much. It's like <laughs> how, it's how, how but it's a weird look. It's a weird thing where like you know I'm doing a story that it was clear that we should call it Avengers Disassembled because that's going to get people excited for it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, or Ultimates Disassembled rather. But at the same time, like if you look at Avengers Disassembled and Ultimates Disassembled, they have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they have something to do with each other, and that they're each about you know the teams falling apart. Um, you know, I think we're like I said, we're in sort of this weird position where we we're as a group 
we have a freedom to tell these big stories, but at the same time, we want to tell big stories with big characters. Mm-hmm. And that creates, you know, that sometimes creates conflict. And it also, you know, I want a good reveal. You want to have great reveals at the end of your stories. And that means that you need, you know, sometimes you have to do crazy, crazy shit mm-hmm. to get to it. So uh, that's a weird defense. That's how, that's how I can defend ultimate uh, cable. I mean, it's just a fact that like, so here, here's a different version. He's going to be called cable too, even though they're so similar. It's just, that's the way fate made right. it happen i don't even know who who wrote that that arc i don't remember so i don't know who i think that's Loeb. yeah i don't i don't know who who i'm, I'm sort of pooping on not really but like i said i mean it, it was it was interesting um, ours makes sense and we explain why she's named kang and what kang means she kang she kang yeah like we we i i've made a point that it makes sense why she's kang and then uh, we'll, we'll i'm i'm assuming there's there's so we'll figure out okay because Kang's sort of been behind all this, like like pushing these events to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, when she goes and, and visits, you know, the Hulk and you know, and Reed and and all this stuff. Um, so what what I what I'm finding interesting, and I'm assuming that there's there's some reason. It's like okay, so we're gonna make it so the 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 gauntlets are liberated from the Ultimates, but then Kang's not like, all right, now give me the the the, the gauntlets. Because, you know, like, like on the last page of, of 25, you know, Reed has one and Hulk has one. And it sounds to me, it sounds to me like Kang trusts Reed and Hulk. Yeah. Hmm. So that, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's got to be like, so he's like, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Use these crazy, powerful things. And, although, and then in, in issue 26, Hulk doesn't have it. So maybe, you know, Hulk didn't figure he needed it then. Yeah. Well, again, it's, it's you know, Reed... This this entire volume, for me, if you go back from from the beginning of Jonathan's run through Sam stuff, it's about Reed. Like it's about it's about Reed and Tony, mm-hmm. right? It's about what it means to be you know these two guys who are the smartest men in the world and who are as different as can humanly be. And that's that's you know when I it, like it's really hard to write these big team books and you have you know by the end of like the third issue. There's, you know, 20 or 30 characters. <laughs> like, it's really, it spirals pretty quickly. Because you can. Like, I had so much fun. I get to have all this fun with all these characters. Um, but, you know, the, the downside, or the, the other side of that is that a lot of times you lose what the story is. You lose what the characters are. And so, for me, like, the very, the very nut of the story and the thing that every show look at through this prism is what does it mean to be the two smartest men in the world and to disagree on everything, <laughs> to disagree on what that means, you know, because ultimately like Reed has, I got to stop using the word ultimately when talking about this book, <laughs> but it's a word I use in conversation. Um, so, you know, Reed's whole gimmick, right. Is about, we do what we have to do to protect the world. Like even, even like the doomsday in doomsday, he, he's a little off his nut, but it, in reality, you know, if you read what he's saying, like he's saying that the world is crumbling, there's a bunch of morons in charge, and he's got to fix things. And he's capable of fixing things. So what kind of man would he be if he didn't? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. that's, leg- that's totally legitimate. Like, that's a legitimate thought process. Um, and Tony's version of it is like, well, yeah, the world sucks. Like, everything's falling apart. Um, and he's, you know, it's, it's he's, uh, uh, you know, I, I, not to take from Iron Man 3, but he's a mechanic. Like, he's not there to build a car. He's there to fix the car. 
So the world's going to be what the world is, and he's there with his technology and with his team and with the Ultimates to, to get it running again. All right, so um, because issue 26 comes out when people are listening to this, and we won't get into specifics of it, but you, 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 you're kind of mean to, to, to Tony in this issue. Yeah, this is this is uh, doing nothing for my reputation as the guy who kills people. You're 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 being being a little cruel with what you're doing. Oh, oh, wait, you see, twenty seven. Twenty seven is just I just I got when I when I turned in the script, I just got I just got an email back from from them from uh, from Emily Shaw from the assistant editor, and it just said you're mean. <laughs> um, yeah, you know I think, but that's the thing, right? Is is these are two, these are, you know, it's Tesla and Edison. Edison tried to ruin Tesla, I think. I could be totally wrong. Maybe I'm making that up. Edison <laughs> totally should have tried to ruin Tesla. I'm pretty sure he did. I'm pretty sure, like, Edison went and kind of went out of his way to try and make Tesla look like a fool because they were competing. They had two competing theories. Hmm. Um, they had two competing technologies. So I think, I think Reed fixating on Tony, in spite of, you know, it's, it's you know, in 26 you see like reed makes the reed's right he's right he you know like yes it's sort of an instant totalitarian state but everything is better it's a better place people have things people have stuff everyone has what they want there's no you know like suddenly the world is sort is a better place but um I have no idea where I was going with that. I don't know where I was going. I got lost. I got so excited when I was thinking about how Reed's a fascist who makes the world better. But see, what, what, Which, by the way, does not help me with conservatives because that's really <laughs> this just not you know. But see, it could help next time you're you're selected for jury duty. That's true. You can say, I'm you know, like, look at this stuff I wrote. You have you mean? seen how much I like fascism? It's terrific. It's like, do you want me on your jury? And then maybe they'll be like, yes, we do. <laughs> and then they let you go, and then you walk away. And um, then they see a civil court, which is even worse. Ugh. So <laughs> what, what, what's, what's interesting is, so what, what, with the power that they, they get, and you know, and we, we see it um, kind of in, in issue 26, where they're like doing all this stuff. And you can almost believe that they can use that power to change things, whereas – you know, and I don't want to maybe make a comparison to you know one of your your coworkers, but in a certain other big Marvel event that's like changing the, the face of of the universe, it's it's almost a little harder to grasp. And I I think that's that's what is is the great thing about the Ultimate Universe is you can do something crazy like this, and then you can sit back and read it and like wow and and see that. Whereas you know when you're in in the regular universe, you're like there's no way this is going to stick. Oh, yes. I assume you're talking about Age of Ultron. Maybe. Am I correct? Okay. So, so, but, you know, like, so that's sort of one of the funny things that about, about comics in general is when people are reading Age of Ultron, their question, like, what they're, like, when you read reactions online or when you talk to people about it, their reactions are not that they don't like it. It's not, that, it's not like, oh, I don't like this book. Like, everyone likes it. Their problem with the book is, I don't know where this fits. Mm-hmm. And, I get that. Like, I understand it. And I understand how things, like, because there's, there's books that drive me crazy for the exact same reason. There's plenty of stuff that, you know, when you have, 
uh, you know, five books all tied in into one story and they don't line up. I mean, I've had, you know, like even in, you know, the, the small experience I've had doing crossovers, like it's always a problem. It's always there and it always sucks. It's always something you have to kind of fight against. Um, but with Age of Ultron, I think that thing is such a good story. Like, it's so much fun and it's just, it's, and I know where it ends. Uh, and I've got to read, because I got to read 10. I had to read 10 a few months ago, probably, um, in preparation for the, uh, for the Hunger miniseries. Um, you know, so I, I got to, I got to kind of know where it was going as I was reading it at the same time. Um, but yeah, like with, with Ultimates, it does, it erases a lot of that. Um, and I think, you know, you and I were talking before, before you recorded, we talked about not to spoil magic people, but we were talking about it, how, um, having having less books is to me what the attraction of the ultimate universe is is that you have a much smaller continuity that in theory is much easier to track you know like there's less you have less of a problem reading all the books knowing where all the characters are and that's something that for me is, is a priority like I want I want my work in the ultimate universe to really and truly uh work as sort of like like I am might be writing the ultimates but I like to think like I'm writing ultimate comics like I'm writing I'm writing the universe book mm-hmm. you know where X-Men is about the X-Men off you know doing X-Men-y stuff and Ultimate Spider-Man is you know the, the sort of the, the Miles Morales you know corner you know man on the street version of what's going on like what I look at the ultimates as being is really being the big picture um, and if you go back again, even all the way to Ultimate One, like that's really what it is. Like that's always what the book has been. Is it's about it's about the perspective of this is what's going on in the Ultimate Universe right now. Um, so yeah. So essentially, yeah, because I mean, so the, the final issue of Age of Ultron comes out today when when this goes out, and I I have no idea how it's going to end, and I know which is great. I I I, I hope leading up to this that it remains that way because i know that's it, it that, turns out it's all a dream yeah. spoiler now see i, I said that in the beginning what that, happens is bob newhart wakes up in bed with suzanne plachette now see i said that the bobby ewing's in a shower with ultron yeah that would be amazing if only or it's all just taking place in a snow globe franklin <laughs> richards franklin richards snow globe yeah so and that and you know because i i've been i've been kind of lukewarm with, with with the series you know and 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 it, it might be one of those situations where once you read the whole thing and then going back and reading it, you know, because because that, that's a hard thing sometimes for for reviewers when when you're especially when it's like the first issue or second issue because sometimes you're not really being fair to the whole story because you don't see the whole picture and you right. you, you can't see if you see the whole picture it's it spoils things in it so. I mean, yeah, it's that thing, you know, it's that thing of like, I can't believe you killed blank and you didn't do it for any reason. And then the next issue, you're like, here's the reason. This is why we did this. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a reason. See, there's motivation and explanation, uh, which, by the way, totally going to happen with Ultimates 27. Like, I can't wait for people to just want to burn me alive. It's going to be delightful. Okay, so last week also was Alpha Big Time. And so I, what I've said from the beginning, and you know, I, I know a lot of people did not like Alpha when 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 Dan Slott first came because you know just the idea. So you know, here here's Spider Man. He's got a sidekick, and this kid's annoying, and he's got all these powers, and he's you know doing all this stuff. 
but that was the intention. You know, we weren't supposed to like him. And yeah, I mean, it, it, to, to talk, like not to, to interrupt your train of thought, but uh, think about what Dan did there. He showed, he did a story showing you what an egocentric asshole would do if he had powers. Mm-hmm. And then he killed Peter Parker and gave an egocentric asshole his powers. Pretty smart. Yeah. Like, just from a storytelling standpoint, like, it's really, because you see it and you're like, oh, this is unbearable. Like, what a nightmare. What a nightmare that would be. And what a great guy Peter is. Like, and you love, you, you love Peter even more because of how much you hated Alpha in that story. Which then means you get that double punch of the dread of like, oh god, this horrible thing. This guy now has so much power and so much because you know, Peter, like Spider Man's power isn't just his body, mm-hmm. isn't just his powers. It's his brain. It's Peter Parker. Yeah, you know, and you and you and it hurts even more because you are re- it's reinforced why you love Peter Parker, why Peter Parker is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, so so you took this this character Alpha that a lot of people just didn't like. And again, that that was the point because, and it was it was it was great. Like like you said, when you think about it, because most of the times when we're introduced to, you know, the young heroes, whatever, they always do the right thing. You know, it, it's always the you know power and responsibility and all that. So here we saw a situation where it just didn't work out, and then you so you take this character that everyone's like, why why you know why are we we getting a series with this character we don't like? But you actually made him likable until the last issue <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he's less likable i think at the end i think he's just it's you know again like it, what's the like the, the through line of the story is he's a kid who doesn't understand the consequences of his actions and it's a story about him learning those consequences but the fact is there's much bigger consequences that he doesn't realize <laughs> um so yeah and like i said i'm curious i'm curious what you know, I'm curious to see what the long-term ramifications of doing something that dark to a character is. <laughs> I'm so proud. I feel like I don't want to spoil it. I just want people, like, if you haven't read it, uh, I wrote this book called Echoes. That's about a, a guy who thinks he's a serial killer. And it turns out he's just being framed for being a serial killer. Uh, and he's not to spoil it for everybody. But at the end, uh, he ends up crazy alone in a jail cell. His life ruined. Uh, everything is Everything is shit. Uh, and for the longest time I was like, well, that is as dark as I can go. <laughs> um, but it turns out in this fun kind of teenage boppy, boppy fun miniseries, I can go a lot darker. I'm very, I'm very proud of myself. Um, at least for getting away with it. I don't know if it's good, but I certainly got away with it. And that's, that's really all you can ask for in this world. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, so now, now when... This is something else that you can use next time you're called for jury duty. Like, mm-hmm. look what I did. I took this kid and I gave him, I made him do this. I made what do you think of up. that? I gave him cancer powers. He's got the cancer powers. That's, it's the cancer powers. Again, with the cancer. I don't get the cancer. Uh, it's funny because my track record in writing about cancer is pretty good because I got Tumor, my graphic novel, which is about cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over in Ultimates, we have Anthony, the talking tumor. Uh, which, while I didn't create him, I am I do find him fascinating. Uh, so we got this dude with a lot of tumor action there. And again, if when you read issue twenty six, you'll see why uh, Anthony talking tumor is the key to my story. Uh, and then right here, and then in Alpha, we we go back to the cancer again. I uh, I I feel shamed 
that I did in no point that I give any cast member of I Vampire cancer. Uh, vampire cancer, which, which really, vampire cancer is the worst cancer, I think. Is the worst. Vampire cancer is the worst comic book cancer. I would think so because you, it would probably just be so prolonged. Yeah. And it's funny. You know, it's, it's, I guess funny is the wrong word. My wife had cancer uh, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and so it became this thing where, like, instead of being scared of cancer, we just talk about cancer all the time. And I think I frequently forget that other people don't do that. Uh, so forgive me, people with, with cancer or loved ones with cancer who find me repugnant. Uh, I just want you to know that I am one of you, and that is why I joke about cancer. Hmm. How is that? Is that good? Does that cover me? Am I okay? Um, I get away? Did I get away with it? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the whole Alpha series was was great, and you know, hopefully, it'll get a nice. Um, I haven't looked. I, cause I, I sometimes it seems like a lot of times going to the Amazon, you can find out you know, when something's going to get reprinted, you know, or collected mm-hmm. and, you know, all that. So it, it'll be nice to, uh, the trade, I actually know the trades out. It's the week before my birthday, I believe. So it's like August, I think it's like August 16th or something like that. Nice. Uh, so there is that trade. It's that trade is forthcoming. Um, yeah, I really, look, I'm really proud of that book. I think it's, I think it's, um, I like, I'm known for writing such dark stuff that writing a book that has a little more, uh, bounce to it until the which, end. Until the end, but I think even the end still has some bounce. Like it's still yeah. fun, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, it's it's kind of liberating and it feels really good. And you know, I'm, I uh, one of the things I like uh, about Marvel and the time that I've been there is that I I get to tickle, I get to tickle both tickle. This is the wrong way. It just sounds so <laughs> dirty. I get to. I was gonna say I got to tickle that itch, which just sounds like something that you do on a Friday night. Uh, I get to scratch both of those itches, you know, where I get to do a book like The Ultimates that's super dark, but then I also get to do Alpha, um, which is light and fun, um, you know, which is one of the things about Marvel is they have that range, you know, they have that range in their books. Yeah. So um, speaking of I Vampire, so we're just going to so talk about. That was a downer. That was a downer, too, man. That's a downer ending, too. In <sighs> yeah. So, so we are going to talk about this, like before chicago before c2e2 but it just never happened and then your your jury duty and all that stuff so um i mean you know how i felt about the series that well i i I did but i like to hear you say it because i'm an egomaniac i mean so okay it was was such a great series and you know especially like you when you were working with with andrea sorrentino who's you know people should are are where he's you know killing it on on green arrow so it was just unfortunate, and, and that last issue, I mean, it was such an epic issue, but you could feel, and you know, this this wasn't your fault, you can feel that you kind of had to tie up all the loose ends, and... I, you know, I didn't have to. So, so here's the thing, like, I, um, I've not talked about this a little bit before, but, but the, so I, the reason that I did what I did for that last arc, and I, I have some regrets about it, because I think, it's definitely, the whole last arc is just really sped up, and what happened was I started, you know, I sort of was given the go-ahead to do one story, and then they decided to cancel it, you know, with plenty of time, like four or five issues to go, but I was already going down a path, and so enough was already drawn that I couldn't undo, um, so it was like, alright, well, how do I how do I transition this story? So, so, what was going through my head the whole time was, I did a book called Last of the Greats uh, at Image a couple mm-hmm. years ago, 
Wow, I can't. Time moves very quickly. Yeah. Um, and when I did Last of the Greats, we kind of by the time we got to issue five, we knew that the numbers weren't there to keep going, and we were going to have to stop. And hopefully, the trade would sell well enough and keep us going. And uh, that book's editor Rob Levin and I sat down and we talked. We talked. I mean, hours about it. Do we wrap it up or do we do a big crazy cliffhanger? And my instinct in every book is that they should have a crazy cliffhanger, especially at the end of an arc, right? Like the end of an arc is resolution followed by, oh my God. Um, so I, you know, I went, I went into, into last of the crates and we just turned really hard into that, into that, um, cliffhanger, like to the point where I think it, it actually hurts the book and that you read the first volume and you get to where there should be a conclusion and instead, it just kind of gives you the finger, you know, <laughs> um, which is cool. Like it has its own lot. You know, like I said, I don't. I I I think there's there's pros and cons to it, you know. Um, but the reaction from people, I get like ang- like people are angry, but <laughs> people are just so mad. <laughs> um, and I thought about it, and it was pretty clear uh, by the time the book was wrapping up that that I wouldn't be doing more Andrew Bennett, and I don't know. I know that you know even you know Jeff Jeff Lemire and, and uh, Ray use him a bit in Justice League Dark. Um, I haven't read it in a while, so I don't know if he's I don't know if they're still using him, but they they were using him a bit. But it wasn't my like they were staying away from my story. They were being really respectful of it, and so I figured like look like if if this story is never going to get to be told, I might as well right like I might as well just just say what I want to say and move on. Um, and so it became, you know, again, like it's that thing of, of maybe it was, you know, I think I probably steered too hard the other way away from what I did with Last of the Greats, where I really wanted, you feel like when you get to that end, that book is done. You know, and I'm sure there will be more I vampire books in the future, and I'm sure there'll be more stories about Andrew and Mary and all that stuff. But my story about Andrew and Mary is over. And there's nothing, there's nothing left for me to say. Um, and you know, and I think, I think it was sort of worth, I think it's worth the unevenness of those issues right before the last one to get the last one. I, I love, like, I'm, I'm really, really proud of that last issue. Um, I don't know if you remember, again, if you read the review, but my prom with that, the main, my main prom with that last issue. I like how you say problem, like the word prom. <laughs> it sounded like you said my prom, and I thought you were going to tell me a story about they were playing Billy Joel, and we were dancing, and I looked her in the eyes, and, and we kissed just a little bit. <laughs> no. Um, my main problem was uh, the, the different artists involved. Yeah, you know, we wanted Andrea to do more. Which was great. Was so- he was just so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, you know, I love Fernando Blanco. I think he did a great job and he's, uh, uh, I look, I love Fernando Blanco and he did a great job and he had sort of a very unenviable task in that, in that the book was Andrea's book, mm-hmm. you know, like the two of us, I think, I think that book, the only, you know, the flourishing of that book was the, the alchemy of, of Andrea, Marcello, and I, you know, and I think as soon as you change one of those elements, it's sort of not the same. It wasn't the same book. And like I said, it didn't help that also happened right at the moment when they said, like, all right, wrap it up. Let's go pack things up, buddy. We got, we got, a, we got a freeway coming in here. Get out of the way. Um, <laughs> you know, so, 
so you know it was an it was, it's an un, an unenviable task uh, for for Fernando. Um, but you know, look, I'm glad that I got. I'm glad that they both got to work on the issue because Fernando did draw ultimately a quarter of the book, you know, a quarter of the series, just about. Um, and you know, and I'm glad that I got those the five pages out of Andrea. He's just he was so busy. He was just so busy uh, getting beat up by Jeff Lemire with his gorgeous award-winning words, like that guy's show, showing off, boof, boof, with his works of staggering genius. Some people, disgusting. Um, <laughs> like you know, the guy. Like it's we got the most. We were trying to get more pages out of him, and it was just sort of the best. It was the best we could do, and it ended up working out because it was the flashback, and the flashback was more or less what I wanted to include in the zero issue, but wasn't allowed to, you know, like they mm-hmm. wouldn't, they wanted the, they wanted the zero issue to end where it ended rather than wrapping up what to me is the actual, you know, that, that's their, like it's what's in the zero issue or what's in issue 19, uh, is their origin. Like that is what they're, what they mean to me at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I don't care what you think. I do care. No, no. But I mean, I, I, I think even a review. I said, you know, I, I did like um, his his art, and and I'm curious because it's like, what else is he doing now? Because it's like I don't well, know. And he just he's taking over Phantom Stranger with uh, Mark Demadius. Okay, okay. It, it's weird I, hearing people call him Mark. J, uh, J. M. Demadius. Yeah, because I'm I'm used to the, you know I've always seen him i don't even know what the j stands for i just know him as mark because i i interviewed him i met him for the first time in anaheim this year at WonderCon, and you know when when i went to the dc booth they're like mark will be here in a little bit and i'm like mark you know i was just kind of thinking then and they're like you know then they 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 let me know so it's it's weird because I've, I've heard so many people refer to him as mark but it's like you know i just know him as as you know this mythical jm you know writer you know what's weird i'm actually i've been friends with his son for years like I've known his son for a really long time, and I met Mark after uh, I met Cody. And so it was this weird thing where he like I met him when I started working on iVampire. And I was like, yeah, I'm really good friends with your son. And he's like, all right, who knew? <laughs> well, that's nice. That worked out. So, yeah. No, he's, he's a super great guy and really talented, too. Like, I, you know, I mean, he created iVampire, so I owe him. I owe him very much. At least I owe him a sizable chunk of my salary last year. <laughs> Now you better hope he's not listening because then he's like, "Hey, you know, you just I'm after it, yeah, I know, son of a bitch, goddamn freelancers." <laughs> now, uh, obviously, you you ha- probably had like other stories in mind. I'm not asking you to reveal them just in case, you know, somewhere. But oh no, I'm good. I'll tell you. <laughs> no, the, no, the story that got the story that got truncated was. Uh, I mean, it starts like they start going and collecting team members. Um, and it was, you know, I had essentially been told that I could use to kind of make a list of what what DC characters, what sort of second second and third tier DC characters I could have. Um, and we were in the process of going back and forth on what characters we could get to turn into vampires. Um, at one point, uh, I almost got Blue Beetle, which would have been all like Jamie Reyes. Mm. Vampire Jamie Reyes would have been rad. I mean, Jaime. So cool. Jaime, sorry. I like the, I'm going to call him Jamie. I'm racist. <laughs> I'm a horrible racist. And you I like cancer. my love of fascism and cancer. And my hatred and cancer and my hatred of organized government. <laughs> I also am vaguely racist. Something Thank else you. is mentioned when you call for jury. <laughs> I'm really you're helping me out here. When I have to go back in a year, I'm gonna. This is I'm gonna be fine. It's like, just I'm listen to this podcast. I'm gonna play. Let me play you a tape. 
Your Honor, I would like to enter this into evidence. There's no evidence in this part, sir. <sighs> and then it'll be playing like in a the, the courtroom, like you know, stereo system. We're like, where's that music coming from? <laughs> yeah, like the uh, Charles. My my hope was Charles, who's the the magician mm-hmm. on the team, who I like really love, and I named him after my favorite rock star, who's Frank Black, the lead singer of uh, lead singer of the Pixies. Um, like I really wanted to do stuff with him, and my hope was to eventually uh, convince uh, the powers that be to make him uh, an illegitimate son of John Constantine. Interesting. Um, <laughs> which is why because he hates he so i just sort of put it in there that he hates john constantine for no reason mm-hmm. but that's why that was going to be why so maybe someday maybe someday it'll be revealed or you know <laughs> it wasn't there some i i totally didn't read the details of it but isn't there something where where people can start selling fan fiction or something like that yes that's true on what's it called on amazon yeah so you you can I will, my own, I will do my own fan fiction so you can you can continue this the i vampire I actually was thinking because the Spanish the Spanish version of I Vampire is called Yo Vampiro, <laughs> so I was thinking that I would just do that. I would just go. I would go to a publisher. I would go to a publisher and be like, "Look, here's what I want to do. This book's called Yo Vampiro, but it's the same. It's the same book. It's just that everyone is a vaguely similar Spanish version of themselves. Name Jamie. Name Jamie. Name Jamie. <laughs> Vampire." I also like the German one is Der. Where is it now? I have to look. It's on my shelf. Hold on. I think it's Der. Der Vampir. Yeah, because uh, my my quote was on on the German version. Let's see. Where is it? Where is it on my shelf? People, this is very exciting for people. I'm standing in the corner of my office looking at books. <laughs> what unable books? to find things. Well, I'm may, maybe you should say what books are on your shelf. Uh, they're my they're my books. I'm uh. looking at the shelf of my books. <laughs> I'm uh, I I am my own favorite writer, so that that's helpful for me. Oh, it's Ich der Vampir. Yeah, that's it. Which is pretty amazing. Uh, what books are on my? Let's see. What am I? What did I just read? Uh, I'm rereading Kurt Busiek's Avengers Assemble. Those beautiful hardcovers, mm-hmm. uh, and enjoying them. I'm reading for the first time the Incredible Hercules okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am constantly rereading old fantastic four comics because i love them uh, you know what you can do um I, did you like the the john byrne run yes so um and I, I well i guess i can say this now but the the first omnibus uh-huh you can get it on amazon for like 38 bucks i have it already though oh. i think i didn't do much more than that then then never mind I need that, I need that second one though yeah that that just because that just came just out because 125 bucks that's yeah, they're great books but and it's a lot because I, I recently someone t- like tweeted that out that you know you're not getting it directly th- through Amazon but it was like one of the marketplace of the people. Right, right. I was like thirty eight bucks. I love that. I got the issues, but I want the, the omnibus. Okay, continue. What uh, else? What else am I reading? I read Marvel. I've been reading Marvel handbooks. I'm actually because I'm I'm pretty well. I'm like really well versed in DC, uh, and I'm less well versed in Marvel. I've read like I've read the first. You know, hundred issues of Fantastic Four, and then I, I and I read Marvel comics, and I read X Men when I was a kid, so I've read all the Claremont stuff. And um, but I'm just sort of going back. I have a lot of I have more dead space in my Marvel knowledge than I do in my DC knowledge, and I like to. I'm a research nerd, so well, I have like nine of the essential. I like essentially. I think there's what seven of them total, or seven total essential Marvel handbook. So you essentially knowledge. have all of them. I essentially have all of them. I think I'm missing volume two of 
the deluxe edition because it is out of print and expensive. Well, do you know what else you can do for your research? What's that? You can go to comicvine.com. You know what? <laughs> Ron Mars once said to me, I was talking to him about like, yeah, I'm looking for this for research. And he's like, you know what you can do for research? And I'm like, what's that? He's like, use your, use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> tell me more of my imag- my imagine what now? He's like, yeah, you just, you just tell stories and, you know, then you make sure it all makes sense. And I'm like, all right, that's, that is way better. But I actually, I, I, I enjoy, like, I enjoy the research part. Because um, I think there's really cool stuff in a lot of the old comics. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I love Golden Age. I'm, I'm a big Golden Age nerd. You know, so yeah. I'm constantly. I have a shelf full of, so a shelf full of DC archives of all the old Golden Age stuff. Um, oh. oh, and I'm reading, and I'm reading uh, uh, the 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 second Jack Kirby omnibus that just came out hmm. from DC, which is all of his like the superpower stuff, mm-hmm. the random sort of random assorted late late era Jack Kirby. See, I, that's this is why we need Reed Richards' ultimate Reed Richards plan to work, because then we wouldn't have to worry about having to buy all this stuff. Right, it would all just be free. It's like, sure, yeah, I, I want all these hardcovers and collected, and because for me, it's like I love the the Silver Age books, yeah. and you know, I'm always trying to you know back issue bins or you know whatever, and just trying to read all those because yeah, that's I, with that stuff, the essentials and the showcase volumes have sort of ruined my interest in buying fancy hardcovers. Like, I'm totally fine because I think the coloring at the time wasn't great, anyways, and I think you know they recolor most of the the archive stuff. Mm-hmm. And the masterworks, yeah. you know, like three colored anyway. So you're not sound like you're seeing the original colors. And I actually do like I love the line art and I love, you know, and I love the story. Um, so I'm totally fine just buying the $15, although they're not 15 bucks anymore. They just keep going up, up and up, up and up and up. It's crazy. Um, so I mean that I read. I love uh, Kieran's Kieran Gillen's Young Avengers and uh, Kieran and Jamie's sorry, Young Avengers. And I love his Iron Man to death. Um, I really like, uh, what else do I really like right now? Uh, Saga. I don't know if you've heard about that book. Yeah. That book's going to, that book's going to do well for itself, I bet. Yeah. I've heard a little bit about that. <laughs> it's real terrific. I don't know. I don't know how, how people are keeping that thing a secret. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Saga. Saga's, and Lock and Key, holy crap, Lock and Key this week's, uh, or two weeks, one was, one was Lock and Key two weeks ago. Oh, I'm so uh, behind on that, but I, I, it's great. Uh, how can you be, I can't, like, it's my... When I get it, it's I I read it. I will frequently on the week that it comes out, I will get lunch somewhere near the comic store so that I don't have to go home, so that I can just read it immediately because um, I like it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I still get pissed when I think you know about the the TV show. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a shame. I like uh, I like Unwritten a lot. Mm-hmm. I really, really like Unwritten. I think it's it's terrific. Um. What do you think I'm about looking, the unwritten fables crossover coming up? I, I'm looking forward. I haven't read fables in a while. I stopped reading fables like around seventy or so, um, but I'm assuming I'll be able to catch up. I don't, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it'll be too hard. No, I like. I I think it's a neat idea. That I I like that the two the two franchises are so sort of similar to each other that it's it's like a nice it's like a it's a sort of a nice thought of like oh yeah these two things are really like each other we should just jam them together. Yeah, it's like. How come this didn't happen before? It's like exactly. you know, fifty issues, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's me. I like I said, I, I read more superhero stuff than I used to because most of my reading ends up being researchy. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of it is just like I feel like I want to read what my friends are doing at the company I work at and what books that are near me are doing and what people you know, and then reading old issues of stuff leading up to it. 
So, and there's a lot of, you know, with, uh, I guess where, uh, I'm not sure if we can talk about it. Can we, we can, can we be a little behind the curtain of this is, uh, the hunger miniseries I'm doing for Marvel is being announced. Uh, but we're not sure if we can talk about it yet. Yeah. So I, I, so you should, you should have me back. Definitely. And we'll talk about jury duty for 45 minutes and then comics for like 10 minutes. <laughs> See, that, that could be the, the way, the way <laughs> to get around it because, you know, the, the powers that be that will be monitoring, make sure, you know, you're not talking about what you're not supposed to do. Like, oh, he's just talking about jury duty. That's, it's good. We don't need to listen to it. <laughs> Arun, will, Arun from Marvel will just listen to it and be like, oh, for God's sake, just shut up about jury duty. That's all he talks about. He emails me, tells me about jury duty. Just shut up. And he'll, he'll be like, like <laughs> skipping ahead. And it's like, still jury duty, still jury duty. Then, then he'll skip to this part. It's like, uh, jury duty again. It's like, <laughs> it's an hour of jury duty. <laughs> it really is. It really changes your life, jury duty. Not, not in a good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> Well, at least you weren't on the other side. Yeah, it's true. I though I, there were moments when I was sitting there thinking I might just jump over the bench. It might just happen. It might come that moment. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor, I'd like to punch somebody, please. Uh, you know, there's this other. I don't know um, if how how you, current you are with like the the, the, the floppies, the single issues. Because I know a lot of time it, it's hard for writers to keep up because there's so much stuff coming out. Right. But there's this this one book by this this up and coming um, new writer that you may have heard of. It, it's this book called The Black Bat by this guy oh, named Brian Brian Bucciolato. Yeah, Brian. A, <laughs> I don't know how that guy. I don't know how that guy has a career. Uh, I understand it's uh, favor based, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Could be wrong, but uh, I know that he's he's winked at me a few times. Is all I'm saying. And I can't even really help his career at all. So, I mean, what's that about? Um, no, Brian's awesome, man. Brian's really good. I actually have not read. I have not read it yet. I have it in my pile, uh, in my ever-growing uh, long box, long pile of comics to read. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brian's great. Is it good? Did you read it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. So two issues are out. And, mm. um, yeah, because we, we actually got to, or I got I to. Would like, you know what I would like is if you're like, oh, no, it's terrible. I was hoping <laughs> you'd say it's terrible. No, that that's, I mean, it, there's, it's always the, the What's weird is because you know obviously you know Brian and I have a friendship you know he's he's been on this show like five times and you know people have probably seen it at, at the conventions I'm constantly hovering around his table you know when I'm doing my downtime and and so it's like you know I I would say we're friends but obviously you know I'm I'm never gonna give like a biased review right you know I, I would never compromise that and you know he knows that and you know I think you know other people know that. I, I, I didn't I didn't know that. I that's actually part of our friendship was I thought I thought that if I hung out with you you would stop criticizing me. Oh man, uh, so you can stop hanging I, out. Damn it. <laughs> no. So so you later, dude, I'm out of here. <laughs> our show's over. Thanks for <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. But no no I mean the 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 great thing about it is that you know I can totally be unbiased when it comes to his books because they are good. You know, somehow, you know, for as 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 much as Brian as Brian is, you, you know, he, he does have some talent when it comes it to writing. Out. <laughs> He's not just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's the, what, what, what bugs me is, you know, a lot of people are like, like, Oh, this is just Batman. And then, you know, because there's, there's like the blindness and attorney, they're like, Oh, it's, it's just like daredevil or two face. And people don't realize that the black bat came out before. Yeah. It came out before. And, you know, it's just, you just never really heard of it. And, 
And so, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a different take and, you know, it's, it's a nice little universe that he's, he's creating there. Cause you know, it, it's, doesn't tie into anything else. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the art and color are really good too. And, you know, it really, yeah, Dynamite's, sim- Dynamite's doing cool stuff now. I'm, and I'm not just saying that because I have a book forthcoming from them, but, uh, they're actually, you know, they're doing really cool stuff. And I think Nikki, uh, Nikki and Joe and everyone over there have really, uh, have realized that like they have kind of cool stuff. And, you know, as you've seen on the internet the past few weeks, um, you know, creators are looking for places to tell stories without the restrictions of, of you know, having giant corporations in charge of your comic companies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I've been really lucky at Marvel in that, you know, I've been, you know, I think part, is, part of it is, you know, the stuff I've done has been kind of off to the side. And even the Ultimates, even though it's the Avengers, it's, it's sort of, it's less recognizable as the Avengers. So, you know, we're, we're given a lot more free reign to do stuff and it's actually been creatively it's been really satisfying and really nice and working with everyone there's awesome they're great and they listen and when they have notes their notes you know have a reason and have a purpose and they actually make stuff better um but that being said like you know and this is something that started it started when kirkman you know when kirkman did his video in what 2007 2008 about how if you do your own books you're doing your own books mm-hmm and that there's there's something to having that freedom. So you know, while I'm doing this stuff, um, and you know, and hunger is a hunger is a big book, and it's a big book that everyone has, you know, eyes and fingers on. And so, and they should, because it's a big book. It's a big deal. I'm telling you, it's a big deal, Tony. It's a big deal. <laughs> Exclusive. Exclusive. It's a big deal. Um, you know, but you know, but while I was so while I was working on that, and and you know, drafting and. And getting it to a place where everyone's happy, I was also working on. Uh, I have a new creator, like a new creator-owned digital series I'm doing uh, with a guy named Joe Infernari, who's amazing. Um, who did my he did my Occupy Comics story in the first issue of that that came out a few weeks ago. Um, you know, so while I was doing, so it's this thing of like I, because I have that balance, it's a lot easier for me. Like it's a lot easier to be like, well, let's you know. Let's work. Let's work on this thing that has a lot of corporate hands on it. Versus because I have the freedom to do a book that's entirely me. Um, so yeah, like it's a. Uh, and Dynamite is one of those places now. I mean, that's you see guys. You know, Mark Wade's doing books there, and Andy Diggle, and and me, and Brian. Like it's a place where you get to tell stories, and that's that's all we really want to do. It turns out, uh, if we wanted to be rich, we would all be doing something else. Because comics is like the worst way to get rich ever. <laughs> You know, ask I, my wife, please talk to my <laughs> wife about it. She'll tell you. I, I thought jury duty is the worst way. Uh, well, that's not really a get rich thing, though. That's not like a career. It's not a career path like comics. Although, to be fair, comics is not much of a career path either. Oh. I, you know, I, I feel bad. I still haven't read Occupy Comics. It's good. It's really cool. There's really cool stuff in it. And Alan Moore talks a yeah. lot. I mean, I, I, I have it. It goes. Um, yeah, got a lot to say. It seems like it was well received overall. Yeah, people seem to like it. My story is that my story uh, with Joe is actually about the labor movement in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, um, which is something that I'm sort of always obsessed with. But it's uh, it's very dour. It's a very dour story for me. There's not like a wink. There's not a single wink in that thing. Nobody's nobody's even <laughs> a little bit delightful. Yeah. Uh, but it's a serious thing, I guess. So I have to. It's hard for me. It's very difficult for me to not have people say sarcastic, mean things. Uh, but I did it. I did it for like eight pages or so. 
Yeah. Well, it wasn't well reviewed on Comic Vine, I guess. But yeah. We won't talk about that. What? I, I didn't. I didn't read it, so it wasn't me. Oh, the book. The book or me? You mean me or the book? The, the book. The book overall. I think the book's good. I don't know. Like, I I think it's really well done. Uh, Mark Demadius has a story. And it's really you know, good. a lot He's of people probably do. the best in the book. Yeah. I think you know. Yeah. But yeah. People should buy it. It's good cause. Good cause, folks. Yeah. And, um, oh, going back to Ultimates for a second, because um, Matt Elfring, who reviewed uh, mm-hmm. issue 25, and he'll probably do 26, um, he, he wanted to know, will the Dark Ultimates team get bigger? Or... I like to call them the Dultimates. <laughs> Led by Sheeking. It has the word dull in it, which then makes it not as, never mind. I don't like to call them the Dultimates, okay, Tony? Back off. <laughs> Exclusive. Listen. So, is uh, is there going to be more more members added, or is that a? You'll have to wait and see. You'll have to wait and see. Sorry, okay. that's all I got. And then his his other question was: Is the book going to be getting uh, more cosmic? Uh, in like six issues, in five issues, four issues for now, probably yes. Okay. No, that's not true. You know, what? yeah, like it's it, it's uh. The cosmic in the Ultimate Universe is different because you have the shelves, like you have the the stuff from Fantastic Four. So yeah, like we get into that stuff about the parallel universes and and all that stuff. So it's not it's not cosmic in the like way out in the deep space, but it's cosmic in the you know science science. Thomas. You're wearing me out here, Tony. I'm just falling now. I'm, I told you I I uh, I fell asleep in the shower this morning. I told I told you when we started. Hey, that could be uh, dangerous, man. I know. I was just standing there, and then just I, my phone rings, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing an interview. Who knew? <laughs> my life. This is what it's like. This is the life of a comic. This is, this is it. You guys are getting, your, your listeners are getting the inside track on what it's like to be a comic book writer. Uh, you get yelled at and uh, berated, and you fall asleep in weird places. Uh, you occasionally kill a hooker or two. Uh so, uh, <laughs> so you have more announcements coming out, right? Uh, I guess. I mean, I mean, well, so there's the hunger stuff, which is getting announced today. So look at your internets, people. Um, uh, I got hunger, and then I got. Um, so you're you because the dynamite one hasn't been announced yet. No, it has. It was announced. It hasn't been solicited. I think they're soliciting it really soon. That's the Devilers, really? uh, which is a book about. Uh, it's a super team of exorcists. So it's like the Exorcist Men, get it? Like the X Men, but mm-hmm. Exorcist Men. Like of all, no, it's really cool. Actually, I'm uh, I'm on like the third issue right, and I'm writing the third issue right now. And it's sort of like a, it's like um, uh, a dark, sarcastic. It's a like a a dark satire um, slash action book set predominantly in hell thus far. Wait, this was announced back in October. Yeah, yeah, I just, well, I don't know if you heard about this, Tony, but my life kind of went fucking crazy uh, <laughs> right after that, uh, very publicly. <laughs> it very publicly went batshit crazy, so I've been a little busy. Let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm happy to talk about it, Tony. I told you, but you know, we've talked about it before. I mean, it, uh, the you know, look, I went from having a lot of jobs to having many fewer jobs very quickly. <laughs> Um, which again, you talked to my wife was delighted. She was thrilled with me. She was like, Oh honey, <laughs> oh honey, you should do that more often. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, like so I so because of that I just pushed everything off. Like I I'm yeah, luckily the the ultimate, you know, I'd already turned in ultimate's pages when all that stuff happened and they were really happy with with that and with alpha. Um so Marvel's been Marvel's been taking good care of me, but it's, you know, it's making up. That was like the the Green Lantern stuff was a lot of money mm-hmm. to walk away from. Um and again, when you're a freelancer, again, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how much you guys know about this. When you're a freelancer, uh, it is, uh, I mean, I know guys who aren't month to month. And like I, like right now, we're probably like two months to month. You know, like we can go probably two months fine. So it's always sort of a process. But when you walk away from, you know, what was going to be a job for a few years, like it's a, it's a scramble. And so unfortunately, stuff like Devilers, which is, you know, co owned by me and by Dynamite, like, uh, it just doesn't pay as much, and so it has to kind of take a back seat. But we're back and running, and like I said, it's totally awesome. So I'm I'm looking at this. I'm I'm just I don't know how I didn't really know about about this. I'm 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 a little upset that I didn't you're, know. You're a bad you're a bad friend slash fan. No, I mean, well, I mean, I've, I've already come to terms with it. So I mean, I I would think you'd be okay with it too. But I mean, maybe I'll blame Nikki because you know he's. <laughs> He, he, well, it hasn't really been it hasn't been solicited yet. So, I mean, they they announced it at New York, I think, and then like I've been a screw up ever since. So, yeah. but I, I'm looking at this um, press release on on CBR, mm-hmm. and there's a picture of you, and you're you're smiley. That was that was before the dark period. You were talking to MTV too. You're oh, holding an MTV mic. Oh, MTV. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll have to. Yes, yeah, so there's there's Devlers. Um, I got, like I said, I got a digital creator-owned series called, uh, right now it's called The Bunker. Uh, we might change that. Um, it's going to be online. I'm hoping we can figure out a way to do it for free. Um, we're working on that right now, though. Um, and the first one of those is done. I should send it to you. See what you think. I like yeah. your, your feedback. Maybe I'll send it to you. Um, so that first one is done. I'm writing the second one right now. You sure um, you want to send it to me? Because remember I said I'm, you know, not going to be biased by... Hmm. <laughs> That's the thing, though. I'll know I've won you over with my greatness. Finally, finally. So yeah, I'm, and I'm working on. Uh, got a book. Working on an Oni. That's another creator-owned book um, that'll be announced. I would hope later this year. Uh, and that's with Gabe Batista, who people might know from his work. Uh, he was a colorist on All Star Western, uh, and he's done a bunch of stuff for. Um, bunch of stuff for Elephant Men. He's done a bunch of web comics. Oh, I think it's called Albert the Alien. God, I'm gonna get that wrong. I think it's AlbertTheAlien.com uh, is one of his comics. He is great, and we've been trying to do this book for like a year and a half. So we're finally we're finally up and running on that. I'm busy. I work my butt off. You, you have some Lego to build. I don't. I do. I bought. Well, so when you do jury, do not again. See, this is gonna be good. This is a good cover. When we do jury duty in California, you get paid fifteen dollars a day. And normally, when I've done jury duty in the past, I always feel guilty because the courts are in such a state of disrepair, and they say you can donate that money back to the court. <laughs> and I almost always do. But this time, because I was there for like 20 days or whatever it was, uh, and there was like three days off, like they just took vacation for no apparent reason, like not even <laughs> on a holiday. I'm like, Thank you. I was really hoping this could drag on. Thank you so much, court. <laughs> um, so this time, I, I decided that I, I will take that money because it works out to a pretty nice chunk and I will buy myself uh, probably the, I don't know if I'm going to buy myself the movie theater. I collect, uh, I like the modulars, but I also really like the houses. So I have a, I actually have a little Lego city 
uh, in my studio that I'm staring at right now. and has a train that goes around, a little Lego train that rides around it, little Lego train stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks, uh, the train looks like the train in San Diego. And so what I did is, this is delightful. <laughs> I'm such a, I don't know what's wrong with me. So what it is, is at the little train station, I have a bunch of people. It's all like characters, like Star Wars characters and superheroes. And it's all the people going to Comic-Con. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. Isn't that delightful? Yeah. Say uh, it's delightful, Tony. It's, it's wonderfully, it's ultimately essentially delightful. There you go. I like that. I can't wait for there to be essential volumes of the Ultimates. That's going to be good when it's a sen- Marvel's essential ultimate comics ultimates <laughs> essential volume one so do you um do any of the, like, the licensed lego um less actually like i i have you know look my i have the um the the marketplace and swinging from the marketplace is spider-man and launching off of it is batman so don't get me wrong. Like I do, I do enjoy them. I have a little Avenger setup that's right by my desk that looks over my desk. Um, but no, it's I. I actually like the how I like the houses for some reason. And your I like, imagination. I like the idea that there's a bunch of little suburban Lego people who need a place to live. Because did you see the the lit Lego Ewok Village? Yeah, that might be the. It's like two hundred and fifty bucks. But it's ridiculous. It's like two thousand pieces. Still, and you got like seven, seventeen. Yeah, but yeah, but like the camper van is two thousand pieces, like eighteen hundred pieces, and it's only one hundred and forty bucks. Yeah, it's the license. That's the problem with the license stuff. It's too expensive. But you get seventeen figures. That's true. That's a good point. And they exclusive. Are, and cool. No, it's super cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not super cool. I'm, I'm but, tempted, but yeah, that is a lot of money. I'm also tempted, but I have a baby, yeah. and yeah, you know, freelancer, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we've really diverged we've really gone off and i have to go to the airport okay this is what's happening to me you're killing me tony all right then we, we can we can call it a show and and i'll what you know what after hunger is properly announced i will come back and i will tell you all about our top secret marvel book um concerning uh the blob uh <laughs> and how he eats his way across the marvel universe is the blob I, still I depowered mean, um, well, that's me. That's that's what the story is about. It's he- about how the blob. I'm essentially any place I talk about the book prior to it being announced. I'm just telling that saying that it's about something else. I just keep saying. Uh, at one point, I told people it was a, it's the the Ultimate Hulk versus Six One Six Hulk uh, in a pie eating contest for four issues. Interesting. And it's just, <laughs> just stuff in their faces and getting sicker and sicker. What flavor so, pie? Uh, well, there'd be a range. I mean, you can't just you can't just eat one type of pie. I mean, you're gonna what's that gonna do? Now, hopefully it's properly distributed because, you know, that, that could. It give, just makes it unfair. Yeah. yeah. And there's also like, like what, what if someone just really doesn't like, you know, a certain type of pie, like apple pies. I, like, I, I like, I really like the idea and I might, I'm, I'm going to push for this of a book. That's just every obese or gigantic character in Marvel universe going out for dinner. And it's my dinner with Andre and it's just them eating. <laughs> they just talk. So it's just the blob and the thing and the Hulk just hanging out and talking to each other. Saying so, what's up. Sounds good. And then a mortis. The mortis shows up and he's like, I'm very old, but, but I'm also I have an eternal hunger. It has gone so long and he eats along with them. I liked it. Sorry, I was writing that down. That's why I was whispering. I was really I didn't want I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to share this with the world. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the eternals, one of 
the Eternals show up. This it's weird. It gets weird. But everyone keeps eating and they keep talking. They're talking about art. That's, they're not even talking about comics or what's happening in the Marvel universe. They're just talking about like they're talking about like a play they saw in, on the Upper East Side, and you know it was it was pretty cool. It was really I'm I'm going off now. Has anyone seen this? My dinner with Andre, delightful, delightful movie. I I have not. You haven't seen my dinner with Andre? No, I haven't. There's a whole community episode about it. You must have been so lost on that community. Episode. I don't watch a community. Really? Yeah. I just sad. never got into it. That's sad. Well, the first few aren't great. You gotta you gotta power through the first few. I think that was it. And then the rest of season one and season two and season three. There's one. There's an episode of season one, and I think most people would agree with me. That uh, where the climax involves Abed and Troy singing somewhere out there from from an American <laughs> tale, like the whole thing, like it's like the it becomes like the uh, what's it called a, a, a rondo a rondo like in uh, like at the end of Les Mis mm-hmm. where all the plots come together and then everyone's singing their songs and they're all coming together and it becomes that where it's like the big climax where everyone's storylines converge and it's them singing somewhere out there. It's pretty spectacular. <laughs> I just I'm so behind on TV, like in certain things, like you're not, uh, like you're not like Hannibal. No, see, we we watched the first episode. And my wife's like, uh, you know. Oh yeah, I can't watch. My wife can't watch anything. And that that's the thing because you know, and now you know our our daughter is nine, so it's like you know, thinking oh, about the the evil darkness that you know right. exists out there. It's just like. Uh. Oh, I wrote. Don't forget, I wrote Echoes while my wife was pregnant. So. I'm a monster is what that comes. She won't read it. She like refuses, even though now the baby's born and fine and has not been turned into a doll by a serial killer. <laughs> like she still won't, she just won't read it. But yeah. I, I'm just behind it. Like, like I'm still committed to the Simpsons mm-hmm. for w- whatever reason. And last night I actually, I watched three episodes and it was like from 2011. I have, I have like, like, like 30 something episodes on my DVR. Wow. And my wife's like, when are you going to delete these? Hmm. Did you listen to the the WTF podcast with uh, Sam Simon? No, the creator of The Simpsons. You should listen to that. It's terrific. He's dying of he's dying of cancer. Ha <laughs> ha! See, I brought it all back around. So it's your uh, fault. He's, he's dying of cancer, and so it's him kind of talking about what it's like when he's like fifty. He's really young, so it's him just sort of talking about like, yeah, I was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and it's but it's with The Simpsons because he worked on Taxi and he worked on Cheers, so it's like that attitude <laughs> explaining mm-hmm. what it's like to be dying of cancer. It's pretty terrific. Hmm. Highly recommended. Do you like how I'm recommending other people's podcasts on yeah. your podcast? That's fine. <laughs> and that guy probably needs it, that, that WTF podcast. Nobody listens to that thing. <laughs> I, would, I don't know if, who listens to this. No, I, I do get people at, you know, at, at shows that they'll, you know, they'll. And it, it's funny. <laughs> what happened right now is your audience all just felt really bad about themselves. That's what you just did right there. No, but what's. All like, oh, man, I'm a loser. What am I doing <laughs> listening to this? Even Tony doesn't want me to listen. To no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you know, it's I, I don't know what the numbers are that because, you know, you got people that that listen to it on the site. You know, they can stream it directly. They can download it. They can subscribe on iTunes and iTunes is a whole other, you know, right. thing. But uh you know, Brian Bucciolato, he has people going up to him at shows saying, when are you going to be on the next episode? You know, because he's, he's been on, you know, so many times. And his reply is like, next time someone, you know, cancels. Cause he, he's kind of been my, a couple of times I'd be like, man, so for me, so every time I can't be on every time that we've scheduled and I've had to reschedule over the past, like three months, it's been Brian. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Not actually, there's some other people where like, like, man, this person, you know, something came up and he's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad but no actually the, the first time you're supposed to do it I, I did contact him but I think I don't I think something else 
came up. So he couldn't even do it. And then, hmm. and there was another time I was just like, I'm not going to ask him because I felt, I mean, I, I do want to have him on again, you know, to talk about his stuff. But it's like, I don't want him to be like, you, you know, should, you should have him on to talk about other people's books. Like, you should have him on to talk about my ultimates run. We kind of talk about it like everything. Yeah. And like what he thinks, what he thinks I'm going to do, but like talk at, like in my stead is what I'm saying. And, you know, yeah. he, he even like answers uh, like the community questions, which I'll probably, you know, do some, some of those when, you know, since you have to leave to go to your no, I, I can do, I got like five minutes. Do you want to do, do you want to do a bunch really quick? Oh uh, yeah. Cause you know, these, a lot of these don't, don't apply to you directly. I mean, they, uh-huh. none of them probably do. Um, what's that mean well i thought you so you don't have questions for me is what you're saying i don't have because, because i didn't I, tell people i was going to be on I, I i like to surprise people this is a shamble no this see the thing shamble, is Tony. it's always the suspense it's like who's gonna be the next guest they don't know right. and then you know i usually gets in the way of community questions one would think because <laughs> i they send me questions because it's right. it's my show right. but and and it's always interesting because they always say like for you and the guest because that way it's Right. You know, there's right, a, well, okay, we'll ask one. Let's do it. We got, I got like five minutes, and I got to go. All right. Um, the first one's from Antonio Stark. Um, do any of you guys read Spawn on a regular basis? No. <laughs> I do not. It's a, it's, and he that says, next. it seems like nobody I know actually reads the book every month and has gone over 230 issues. I stopped like issue 100. Yeah, I, I read uh, – I quit reading com- – I like very clearly remember – when X-Men number one came out, the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont one, and I bought it, I saw it in the store, and I always bought all the X-Men comics, and I remember buying, seeing it, and being like, holy crap, there are five new X-Men series, mm-hmm. and I bought five cop, five X-Men books, and I get home, and I read X-Men number one, and I'm like, oh, great, and I pick up the next one, and I'm like, <laughs> X-Men number one? Why does it have a different cover? And I open it, and I'm like, I just read this. <laughs> I open the third one, I'm like, what is that? Why is it the same? And then, like, it literally crushed my soul. <laughs> like, it was, I was just done. And I swear to God, I was done. Like, I was like, all right, screw this. I don't believe I just spent whatever. I just spent 10 bucks. 10 bucks of my hard-earned money on the same book five times. I'm sure Jim Lee would thank you for that. I didn't, yeah. I, I, uh, I, should, I wish I had told him that story, that it was his, it was his fault. I want my money back. <laughs> I want my 10 years of comic fandom back. I miss Starman because of you. <laughs> Shake my fist at him. Uh, okay, Antonio Starko says, on the topic of supernatural heroes, who would make up your perfect Midnight Suns team, including characters that have never been used before? Is that, so is that Marvel and DC? Or? Uh, I guess Marvel, because he says he would go with Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Man-Thing, Morbius, Hannibal King, um, with the addition of Venom, Scarlet Witch, and Moon Knight. Why Venom? That doesn't make any sense. Because, I don't know, Midnight Suns? I, I don't know. Meh. Meh. Uh, I, what dark characters do I like? You should do a Midnight Suns book. Eh. No? I'm like, I'm just, no, like I said, like, I really, I, you know, Ultimates, like, I think Ultimates is sort of the, the right balance for me right now. Ultimate Midnight Suns. There you go. No, like, where it's dark, like, it's Ultimates is clearly a dark book, but it's still funny and still has, you know, like it's it's light. It's certainly lighter than I Vampire was, right? Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm I wanted I want light. I mean I like doing. I want. I think superhero comics should be fun. You know. I think that's what makes Superior Spider-Man and Wade's Daredevil, um, and Young Avengers. Like I think that's what makes those books so spectacular. FF. FF. Yeah. Love that. FF you too, buddy. <laughs> so you, so you got no one on Midnight Suns. Eh, no thoughts. Ass. Okay. Um, uh, Ectoborge 
Have you been keeping up with Azarella's Wonder Woman? Uh, I have not. I'm behind on all DC books. Okay, because he says he's been getting his mother into it. Um, and he says there have been a lot of moments where she was confused. Don't tell She's old. Don't tell her I said that. Um, I've been able to clear up confusion in the most part, but there's a spot I legitimately don't understand. It's at the end of the first volume where Wonder Woman is somehow able to defeat Hera by ripping off one of Hades' candles, and then she is somehow transported to Olympus. Can you clarify what is going on here, please? I can't. Can you? No, I can't. No. Yeah, that's a question for Brian Azzarello. Brian, I, I, I love talking to Brian. I do, too. I, was, I should say interviewing him. He can be like such a hard person to interview. But it's it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's great. There's some of his responses. He, he spends a lot of time yelling at me. Most a lot of our conversations are him yelling at me. It's fun. It's good. It's, <laughs> he browbeats me. It's fun. Because because I, I I just interviewed him for um um brother Lono the mm-hmm. hundred bullets and mm-hmm. I I was like like I you probably can't answer this but is there anything else you're working? On? He's like then why are you asking? <laughs> I was like because you could tease. So it, it's it's fun. Oh. He, doesn't, he doesn't play the game. He's not interested. He's not but interested it's, it's great. And you, you just got to kind of roll with it. And, and you know, the, the, probably one of the, the toughest interviews I did was Clancy Brown. Lex Luthor? Yeah. Slash the priest from, uh, from uh, Carnival? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, he, he, was, he was being very – and, you know, he wasn't – I think he was kind of playing along with it. And he was just being difficult. But it's like I was going to back down. I was like, it's like, no, I'm going to keep asking these questions. So – we were like, what was season three of Carnival supposed to be? Well, no, I, cause I, I, Brown. I, I, I was asking about, about Mr. Krabs on, on Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> he's just probably just like shaking. It's like, it's like well, how long do I got to be in this room with these guys? Like, <laughs> That's the funny part about Carnival is when he walks in and he's a priest and like he's supposed to be menacing. And like when you see him, like, I don't know if you're supposed to know he's evil or not. But the second he opens his mouth and it's Lex Luthor, you're like, oh, dude, he's evil. Oof. Oof, look how evil he is. Okay, Antonio Stark again. He's a huge Mortal Kombat fan. How about you? I also I like Mortal Kombat. I like I like occasionally running out into a crowded street and screaming it. Also, <laughs> I did it once in a video. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Um, so he says there, he knows there's been comics based on the franchise. He's never been able to get his hands on any. Um, have you ever read any? I have not read any of those. So he wants I didn't to know, know if, if there if, were any. Yeah, I, f- I forget who put them out. I mean, they're not, like hugely mainstream. You would think there'd be more now that you know they have such a good relationship with yeah. DC. So I don't know. So yeah, I, I don't know if they're any good, but maybe because they they're not ongoing, maybe they didn't sell that well. I like that these are questions that in no way speak to any of your expertise. That's the well, part. I like. Sometimes they do. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bl- Bl- Blazaga one hundred and one. Says, hey, G-Man and other. See, that's you. Hmm. Um, recently, Dennis Hopeless announced season one of Avengers Arena was ending with issue 18, where a definite winner would be seen. Have you been reading any of that? I read a little bit of it, yeah. Man, that last issue came out, I guess, two weeks ago now. That was harsh. You know, was that with the, with the, what's her name getting killed? Spoiler. Uh, yeah. Yeah, spoiler. Um, runaways, runaways, yeah, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. bones sticking out and... Yeah, it's not cool. Like, man. Uh, so he says we all. I think that comic's interesting from like a from like a meta standpoint, like because I think it is right. Like I think it's it's aware of the fact that we live in this. Like it's a book about how we have a culture of just murdering characters for mm-hmm. shock and awe. But and see, it's done through the through the, through the content of a comic that kills characters for shock and awe. 
But it's, it's, I mean, there's a whole thing is like maybe they're on like a virtual reality world and they're not really there. And, you know, there's who knows? I mean, yeah. I guess we'll have to wait. Dennis is good. I like, I like Dennis a lot. I've known him for a long time. He's a good dude. Okay. So Blazaga says, we all knew that a series like this could never really be ongoing indefinitely, but with this use of a season, could this mean he intends on sending another 16 teens into murder world in the next season? I don't know if are there that many additional Marvel teenage characters they can murder. Well, there's a, uh, the Avengers Academy. I mean, there's other, that's true. And you know, the 50 state initiatives. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think they should go the same route because people are, I, I'm assuming people are, are, and I never looked the numbers. I should look, but you know, I'm, I'm, people are still buying it. I'm, I'm assuming. And I, I, think you'd i feel like it's going to go in a different direction if it continues that it, it's going to be something that's me like holy crap and you know do something else there'll be robots maybe it'll be like westworld or dinosaurs um because then question is what is one character um each you would not mind being put on the island would you want alpha on the island no well i mean he'd win he's got the powers of a god so he's set so sure you just wipe everyone out but could could he win against someone who has more popularity? Because you know that's. I how mean, he, again, he has the power. Like he's he's got the powers of. Did you not see him and Thor hanging out, being pals? Yeah. I mean, come on. Speedball. Yeah, speedball. <laughs> What's speedball going to do? <laughs> I mean, Alpha speedball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've made me laugh in that issue, in that series. Yeah, like I'm I'm very proud. Like that. Uh, I didn't know that I liked writing Thor. And then I found myself suddenly writing a lot of Thor because he's all over Ultimates too. And it's, uh, I really like, it turns out I really like writing Thor. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, well, you, well, yeah, you got more Ultimate Thor. Going on. All right. One more. How's it, how about that? All right. All right. Since you got to go. This is from uh, Davarnavi. And he says, what happens to the consciousness of Bruce Banner when he transforms into Hulk? Is he awake or dreaming? Does he know what is happening or what? Well, as a matter of fact, Tony, as I've been reading this uh, Incredible Hercules series, they talk about that quite a bit. See, I didn't that, read, uh, read that series. That, it's really good. So that's the end of World War Hulk. Uh, mm-hmm. Amadeus Cho uh, points out to Hulk that Banner is always there because Banner is doing the math. So the reason why the Hulk doesn't kill people when he smashes is because Banner is there controlling him, making sure that you know when he hits, when he hits something... It falls in exactly the right way. The trajectories are exactly perfect so that nobody gets killed. Hmm. And that is why nobody dies when the Hulk rampages. Interesting. Okay. So I say he's there. He's there hanging out. See, my, my question was before with Red Hulk mm-hmm. is what happens to the Thunderbolt Ross's mustache when he changes? <laughs> it's, no, it stretches. Because it's, it's gone. Stre- look, like, a, like think about like when, you're, when your kid was born, she probably had hair all over, right? Mm-hmm. That just you know what I mean? Like they have like down, they have like a downy fur that doesn't fall off. It's just their body grows and the hair disappears. Like the hair, quote unquote, disappears. Well, I, I did ask Mark Wade in an interview, and he says that it, it he he believes it goes off in the the negative zone where it yeah. has its own adventures. That's possible. <laughs> that's not bad. No, I, I think it's I think that's reasonable that as it stretches, as you stretch out. I mean, that's that that also then makes the fact that when the Hulk had a beard. Mm-hmm. pretty tough you know that's that's got to be a big beard yeah. like can you so like if hulk has a beard and then he turns back into banner that would be like a like a beard to his stomach because like it yeah it'd just be a giant beard which by the way delightful 
Hulk with a beard. I tried so hard to have Ultimate Hulk have a beard, and there was just no Hulks with beards. Hmm. No. Interesting. But I did get Superman with a beard, so I'm fine. Well, I, yeah, essentially, you... I essentially just want to get every character in comicdom to have a beard. Yeah, that, I was just going to say that. So you, you, you did the, the digital Adventures of Superman. Yes. Lois was kind of a, you know. Awesome. Was kind of an awesome. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. That's Lois and Clark I love, man. I love the golden age. Like, she's just she's just her own woman. She doesn't care. She's going to be awesome. You know? And there was a story. Someone, like, I think it was on, like, Superman homepage or somewhere. I got someone, like, someone sent it to me. Which, by the way, delightful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sending me. People criticizing me. I really need that. I don't hate myself enough. It really makes my day go by faster. Uh, but there was, it was like a letter. It was like a letter written from fictional Perry White about how Lois is a crappy reporter because she can't just do what she's told. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I think you're missing the point of the story. <laughs> oh. uh, comics. Oh, comic dumb. All right, one more. All right. Crimson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Crimson Lord 53. Would Red Skull make a good Magneto villain considering the past both men share? Oh, like a villain for Magneto? Yeah. Because he's a Nazi? Because they, they, they sort of work together during um, uh, um, Acts of Vengeance. Well, doesn't that make it the Acts of Vengeance not make sense? Well, th- th- that was. There were things involved at the time that made Acts of Vengeance not make sense. Well, that's why Acts of Vengeance it fell apart. Right. Because they, they couldn't get along, and you know their egos got in the way. I mean, well, I, I would think the fact that uh, the one guy exterminated the other guy's family that would get in the way. Yeah. Wouldn't that be more of a story point? Wouldn't yeah. that be more of a deal? I don't care about like the continuity's fine, but I mean that guy is a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Nazis still right? They still killed Magneto's family, or is he has he been changed into? I don't even know. I think now he was, now he was in Vietnam. He was in a he was in a concentration camp in Vietnam. <laughs> Well, he he was turned into a baby at one point. He oh, was, that's the jo- and then there's all the Joseph stuff where he has a clone. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah. Oh, Joseph. Oh, Joseph. See, I do know my Marvel. That's pretty good, right? That's pretty deep. Yeah. To cut, to yeah. pull out. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess I will let you go. Pick up my parents at the airport. Thank yeah. you. They're probably waiting. It's like, where is he? Sitting there. Well, I hope whatever he's doing is being listened to by thousands of people. That's what they're saying. Yeah, especially those jury duty selectors. <laughs> those jury duty stories. I bet. Well, look, I'm glad to have brought an uh, extremely dry conversation about how our judicial system works to your to your listeners. People need to know. Yeah, people need to know. People yeah. need to know. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tony. It's yeah. always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll definitely you'll be back soon. So Ultimates. Can... Yeah. Hunger. Ult- Ultimates. Hunger. Okay. And ultimates and hunger. Yes. The ultimates are hungry. And pick up your trades. And pick up my trades, my creator owned ones. Almost everything's out of print, so get them while you can. Like Tumor and uh, Elk Runner are both out of print right now, so get them while you can. Okay. Tumor's on my nightstand still. Aww. You know, I read it. I told you I'm, I'm going to write about it, but I, I got like a million things to do. And I'm, I thought you read it when it came out. No, like no I, read it? I, I, I did. Because I remember I, I, I got it from Arcade, um, I think it was at Chicago. Like uh, the first C2E2 or something like that. But then I, I just, I recently re- reread it again because I, I wanted to do a, a spotlight on it. And I, I like that. It's a, and, and, you know, Arcade, they, they do nice jobs with their, you know, the way they, they package the books. Yes. So, I agree. I like that. I agree. Go read Tumor. 
All right. Damn it. Thanks, but, everybody. Thanks for listening. Right. Follow me on Twitter, Josh Fialka, at Josh Fialka, J-O-S-H-F-I-A-L-K-O-V, as in victory. Woo! <laughs> you like that? Yes, I do. But the end. All right, we'll talk soon. See you, man. Okay. All right, so let's do a few more questions. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully you're, you better be reading the Ultimates. And, and check out Alpha Big Time, because, you know, I, I don't know if, if people have been talking about that, but it's that last issue. I mean, yeah. Well, something. Um, and definitely, if you can find Echoes, that was, was amazing. That, that book blew me away. It's just Josh such a nice guy, but he, he does some not so, he writes some not so nice situations. So very interesting. All right, Scouts1998 says, do you think the Justice League movie be ready by 2015, and do you think that Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, Green Lantern, and even Arrow should be part of the DC Cinematic Universe? Um, it's, it's hard to say because from what unofficially we've heard about Justice League, like supposedly they had kind of a, like a, at least an outline or maybe a script, and then that was being rewritten, which – does I mean, and that I'm sure that happens all the time, but it just doesn't sound too good when they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna kind of throw this out and you know start over, do something." So there's no telling what's gonna happen, and there is kind of a lot riding on this because you know people are looking at the success of Avengers, and you know originally Warner Brothers didn't seem like they really wanted to go in the route of doing a team book or a team movie. But it it seems like they really need to set up the other characters before doing a team movie, because that's what, in my opinion, that's what really worked about the Avengers. You know, we knew who Iron Man was, we knew who Thor was, we knew who Captain America was. We got a, you know, we knew who Black Widow was. We got a glimpse of Hawkeye. So you know, and then when you throw them all together, oh, and of course Hulk, you throw them all together. It's like you already know who they are. You don't have to worry about the origin. And if you know, we're gonna have Man of Steel, which is out now. If you have him with some other heroes, you know, how's that going to work? And I brought this up before. If like Justice League takes place after Man of Steel, my question would be, where were all the other heroes when all the the poop hit the fan in, in Man of Steel? You know, there's there's a lot of destruction going on. And and yeah, you know, other heroes can be doing other things and you know, but it's like there should be more more of a mention, which is why I always say like Christian Bale's Batman wouldn't fit in a, a Justice League movie because where were all the other heroes? You know, there's no mention of them, and then you know all of a sudden all these new heroes are just gonna pop up, which just that 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 just doesn't work for me. And I know that that's kind of how it was in comics, even you know Fantastic Four came about and Avengers formed, and you know Spider Man got his powers and Hulk got his powers, and it it just. I get that you have to start somewhere, but it just seems too convenient when all of a sudden we got like half a dozen heroes and then all these villains decide, let's put on costumes and become super villains. It's just, it's, it's too convenient. So I don't know. Um, as far as could it be ready by 2015? It, it seems like it, um, you know, just depending on when they're going to start. Cause 2015, we're supposed to get star Wars episode seven. And as far as I know, they, they haven't started you know, there's they haven't filmed or done anything with that. Um, I'm not even sure how far the, the script has gone. You know, if that's set in stone or whatever. So it seems like these days they can make these movies faster, and you know, 
if especially if there's you know a lot of special effects digital stuff seems like you know you can get huge teams to work on that at the same time to put it all together so you just have to film the scenes and so i'm gonna be optimistic and say yeah it 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 could be um so let's keep our fingers crossed on, on that uh let's see another movie one this is from van van dyne jd 1991 says do you think red skull could and or should return in a future marvel movie um i think he could because you know if you look at the character in the comics you know because he survived from being in the past and and you know there's all the stuff you know the, the power you know he tapped into the, the cosmic cube and all that so there could be some you know residual somewhere and you know it's like what really did happen to him um so uh van dyne jd says personally i don't think he died at the end of captain america the first avengers but was transported to another universe like loki was at the end of thor therefore i think he should make an appearance in either captain america winter soldier simply because crossbones is nothing without red skull um he could simply appear in shadows and post-credit scenes or captain america 3 as the main villain with baron zemo and baron strucker working alongside with him also, I think it would be cool if he, Loki, Mandarin, Red Skull, um, organize a Masters of Evil and Avengers movie. So it it just seems like they they should bring him back. The problem is, I I think Hugo Weaving was pretty adamant that he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to do it again. Now maybe that's just a a way you 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 try to get a a bigger salary you know you try to get the negotiations negotiations going where you're like i don't want to do it and then they're like okay we'll we'll raise your salary and they're like okay so it 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 seems like they could get him and yeah theoretically i mean they could always recast you know depending on on how they do his appearance you know whether it's a latex mask or you know whatever you know you can bring someone else in and you know we've seen different versions of the hulk in the same universe so it is possible you know Iron Man may be recast. You know, we, we have to wait and see how, how that goes. So I think it would be good. And as far as a Masters of Evil, I think that would be great because obviously you can't have the Mandarin. So this this was asked 29 days ago. Um, so this must have been before um, the movie. <laughs> It'd be weird to have the Mandarin in there. But it almost seems like having enemy or like a, a villainous threat like this could make more sense than having some big cosmic threat because there's always that, that problem that the believe, believe believability, how believable it is. And, you know, while we could have Thanos as a villain and, you know, we've seen, and again, it's like, you know, you got Loki, he's a God and all that, and, you know, it could be magic and all that. I, I think there needs to be a good tie, you know, to reality where you know so it's it's a little more realistic even though we have all these characters with superpowers doing these these you know amazing things versus if if you know Kang the Conqueror I'd love to see Kang in in a movie maybe I'd like to see She Kang in a in a movie but if when you got all like you know future and time travel that might be too much for the average movie goer I don't know I mean maybe I'm just not giving them enough credit but I I I'd, I'd like to see Masters of, of Evil I think that that'd be a cool way to kind of round it up um, uh, let's see. Um, Bob's a nub. Is Peter Milligan out of job now? He's been taken off Stormwatch and Red Lanterns. He wrote, uh, 
one story to first issue Time Warp, but otherwise I cannot find anything indicating he has a permanent assignment anymore at any publisher. Uh, I don't know. Um, I would think, you know, he's he's got to have something coming up. You know, he's he's done a lot of amazing things. And even though I've had some some issues with Red Lanterns, and, it, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it's it was because of him. It's for me. It's just that the idea of the book, and you know, I was never completely sold on it. And um, even now, with you know Charles Soleil taking over the book and and having Guy Gardner under, that that makes it a little more interesting. I think having Guy under but for me, just the idea of the Red Lanterns, these guys, you know, fueled on rage, and they want to be like these you know spirits of vengeance, which it just seemed kind of weird and. So it's like, you know, what's their motivation and, you know, what are they, how are they going to accomplish their, their missions? So, and then Stormwatch, you know, that was just, that, that book was just kind of like all over the place. And it, I, I, I blame trying to merge different ideas and characters and universes into one that just kind of, you know, made it feel like it was all over. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure maybe even by the time you hear this, you know, there, there'll be some announcement. I'm sure he's got something else coming up. Um, okay, this is Moy Jingo. So this is more of a note than a question. Just really hoping you consider guest Collins. This isn't difficult. People can Skype in the same way Sarah does. Is there any? Okay, so as far as that, um, I'm assuming you mean like community Collins, and because obviously, you know, I, I get guests i try to get guests in all the time for this show um as far as as members of community i'm I'm not completely opposed to that but i i guess the the, you know there there are some concerns um first of all it's like like, you know you don't know who you're going to be talking to you know because chances are it'd be someone that i never actually spoke to you know maybe i spoke to you on the forums or on twitter or anything like that but you know, you, you have to have someone that has something to say. And, you know, like, like when, when I do the show, it's, it's a lot easier having this show go on with, with someone that I have talked to before. Like, you know, when, that's why when, when Brian Bucciolato's on all, it's, it's, it's an easy show because you kind of got that, you know, sort of relationship to build on, you know, when, when Josh is on, you know, I've, I've talked to him, you know, at, at shows all the time and, you know, he's been on here before. So if, if it's someone that you haven't spoken to, you know, you, you're, you don't really know how to play off each other. There's, there's that. And, you know, having someone from the community, it's like, you know, no, no offense, but it's like, you know, what are we going to talk about? You know, yeah, we can just take on these questions. You know, that would be cool to get, you know, another opinion like that. And, you know, we could try to just cover the general news, but with this, the idea is, you know, when we have Josh on or, you know, whoever, it's like, you're talking about that person and, so it, it would be interesting. I'd, I'd have to figure out how that work. And then there'd be the whole selection process. It's like, you know, how do I choose who it is? Because it wouldn't be something I, I would do like every week. And, you know, and, you know, I'd want it to be fair. And if someone would be like, you know, I've been waiting, you know, for months and I haven't been chosen. How come you chose this person, not me? And so it would just be, be hard to do that. And I don't know. But like I said, I'm, I'm not ruling it out. Um, second thing, Moy Jingo says, is there any possibility of writing for Comic Vine professionally? If so, how would someone pursue that? Um, the, well, the, the one thing is, you know, obviously there, there's a the budget area and 
it's not like we have limitless, you know, or bottomless pockets where we can say, let's just, you know, hire anyone. So it's there. And, you know, honestly, being completely honest, the whole um, bringing in a new writer, it's a logistical nightmare. Um, you can ask so many people that are writing for Comic Binders. The whole process of setting it up, oh my goodness. It's like, you know, I you may be aware of how much I, I do on the site, you know, as, as far as, you know, doing these shows and editing these shows, filming videos, editing videos, editing people's articles, pushing them live, and, you know, trying to find time to write my own articles and all that. And then when when I hear it's like, you need to fill out this form, you need to do this, you need to make sure to do, it's just like, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, we, we are growing. I mean, our traffic is, you know, we're, we're doing really well and we're always growing. But as far as bringing in more writers, it's, you know, from time to time we, we do that. It just depends on, on what the need is and, you know, the workload of like the current, you know, writers. So I, I would love to have an army of writers, you know, putting stuff up all the time. But you, you have to balance, you know, the the profitability of a site and that. So, um, and as far as how you pursue that, the, the main thing is I would suggest, you know, start a blog, you know, whether you do it here on Comic Vine or, you know, you set up like a WordPress or something like that. But and then not just for Comic Con, for, for if you are interested in a, in a writing job in general, you know you, you you need to have some some stuff out there. And you know I've had people send me their resumes before, but honestly, you know a resume doesn't really you, you know it, it doesn't really speak for yourself. You know you need to have actual stuff out there. And and yeah, a resume should hopefully point in the directions. But you know if if you start a blog, and you know just to give people an idea like how skilled you are at writing, you know, what, where, where your strengths and your weaknesses are, you know, that's going to speak a lot. So I would suggest, you know, trying to do that and, you know, write reviews, write blogs, you know, just get, get, you know, get it out there. And also the way, another way it'll help you is the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Cause you know, you're, you're going to see like what your strengths are and what you need to work on. So I'll just keep, keep working on that. But we don't usually have like a, you know, job listing section because it just happens sporadically. I mean, it's, it, there's, it just happens. I mean, like when we, we bought Jen on, um, that just kind of happened. It just like things kind of fell together and it just, the time happened to be right and everything just lined up and it, it worked out. So I can't really say like, you know, two months we'll have something and five months we'll have something or, you know, so I don't know, just, I guess just, just keep your, your ear out. You know, sorry if I, I can't give you something, you know, stronger for that. Card 23 low says, can Superman access the speed force like the flash? Um, he hasn't, you know, he is really fast because he's got superpowers, but he's never tapped into the speed force. And I could be wrong. Maybe, you know, this should be a question for, for Brian Bucciolato. I'll try to remember it next time he's on. But I think, you know, you have to be special in a way in order to access it. So it's not like just anyone can do it, you know, whether it's like a fate or destiny, but you, you have to be chosen in a way by the speed force. So I, I'm going to go with that, but I will wait till we get Brian on. So I'll have to remember this one. Um, Curse space T says, do you think that Batman would be able to make a similar suit to what Tony Stark has if 
he is given the incentive to? Uh, I would say definitely. You know, we've. Well, I, I guess the question is whether it's Batman or Wayne Enterprises, because we saw an issue nineteen. I'm, I'm trying to think of um, Batman because twenty one just came out, so maybe it was issue twenty. Um, when Bruce Wayne had to, to fight Clayface and Bruce and Lucius Fox were in the, the trash compactor thing. And there was a suit that was looked just like a Batman Beyond suit. And, you know, it was a nice little nod. And, you know, then we have the, the Batwing suit, which is, you know, very tech driven. So whether it's, it's Batman or Wayne Enterprises, I, I guess that's, that's where I'm not sure which specifically you would want. Because obviously those suits are that Wayne Enterprise, they, they could do it. You know, Lucius Fox can, can make it happen. Bruce Wayne is a very smart guy. You know, he's designed a lot of stuff himself, but I don't think he could actually on his own design an Iron Man suit. But with the resources at Wayne Enterprises or with Lucius Fox, they can definitely do it. So I'd say yes and no. Um, and if he had the incentive to, he would probably make it happen. Because, you know, we've seen he has, you know, other suits when he fought the that the talons and you know knighted uh, owls you know he had that big tank suit which was really awesome um flash dam says hey g man i was just wondering are great comic book cancellations our fault because people always tell you how good a character series um but aren't they aren't even reading it for example even i wanted to try demon knights um which is canceled but didn't because i decided to use the money to buy a superior spider-man issue and by that, it proves that comic book fans, including myself, just don't want to buy comics they aren't used to. So this makes me think, are comic book fans unable to buy comics that are look good because it's not what they are used to? And if so, why are fans getting sad about the cancellations if they are to the cause? So yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit it right there. Um, the, the problem is, and it, it's not that bad of a problem, but the, the problem is there's so many good books out there that it, it's hard to buy everything. And, you know, even like for me, you know, it's my job to read comics and I don't buy everything. You know, I, I buy a lot and I do buy a lot that I don't get a, get a chance to read right away. You know, I, I get behind on, on certain things. You know, so it, it is hard where, you know, people tend to focus on on what they know they want to play it safe and you know when you're looking at spending four bucks on a comic it's hard to take a risk even if someone says this is a great book you should try this so you know you're looking at you know should i buy this batman or this x-men book or should i try something with characters that i don't really even know or you know i'm not even sure if i like the characters or anything like that but people are saying it's good okay i'm gonna put this issue of batman back and, and buy that you know so it, it's hard to do that because people are on a budget it's hard to buy everything that you want to buy just based on the characters that you know and love versus trying to buy something that other people are telling you you should buy because it's really good. So there is that. Um, then there's also the fact is like, so all these people raving about the books, you know, I, I really don't want to be the, the you know, the, the preaching pointing fingers, but you know, how many of these people are actually buying it? You know, people could be reading it. They could be reading it online through other means that, obviously is going to affect sales. You know, if, if a, a huge portion of the readers are not paying for it, if they have somehow the means to read it for free, then that doesn't register. I mean, you can rave all you want online. That's not going to make the book continue. 
you know, publishers aren't going to be reading every single forum and saying, people really love this book, even though, you know, sales are so low, let's keep it going because we're seeing a lot of comments that people think this is really groovy. So, I mean, you have to speak with your money and if you're, you're just not buying it. And again, I know people can't afford to buy every single book, but you know, that's, that's the unfortunate trade-off is if you can't afford it, you can't buy it. And you know, if, if a book does get canceled, that's because people weren't weren't buying it. Are we to blame? In a sense, yeah. You know, it's we're, we it's it's a vicious circle. You know, we're unable to buy everything we'd want to buy, and because we don't do that, everything that wants to get published can't. So it's 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 tough and it's it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how it is. I kind of have a problem with um, people and and the digital codes. You know, a lot of people are are sharing codes, and you know, I, I've brought this up before, where you know, maybe someone's saying, "Okay, I'm going to buy these five books, you buy those five books, and we'll swap codes." So instead of someone having to buy ten books, they're only buying five, but they're reading ten. And again, the, you know, and and I, I'm hearing, you know, some people are buying the codes off of someone. So in a sense, it's like you're, you're splitting the cost of an issue. So if an issue costs four bucks, maybe you're paying two bucks. So you're each paying two bucks for it. It just, and, and, you know, obviously Marvel is aware of this, you know, this is, you know, more with, with Marvel. Um, they are aware of this, but it, it just, and on the one hand, it's like you want people to read the books because then hopefully they'll talk about it and try to get other people to read it. Or maybe they might decide, you know, I want the book for myself too. It just, I don't I don't know how this is going to affect the market where you know if people are saying I really want to read this book I'll pay half price but maybe if they didn't have that option maybe they'd be like I really want to read this so it's like okay I'm going to buy it I I don't it, it's just hard to say cuz then maybe you know if they're only paying half price on some books maybe they're buying more books then because you know and you know not all books have the codes I don't know it's just it's it's just a weird thing, and that's why we need Ultimate Read Richards to make it so we don't have to worry about money. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to read Ultimates 25 and 26. Both should be – although if 25 sold out, you might have to wait for – hopefully it will reprint it. But that is going to be the podcast for today. So we are about at two hours now. Thank you for listening. Um, I didn't hit the Twitter questions. If you have questions, I didn't think there was that many um, that I that I saw in there. If you have questions, you can at reply me on Twitter. So my, my Twitter is Gman from Heck. And use a hashtag AskGman. And yeah, I'm not seeing really any questions there. Twitter's sometimes kind of weird with, with that, but yeah, I don't I don't see any new questions there. You can go to the general forums, look for the Ask Gman video questions. You can put your questions there. So I'm on page sixteen. And there's like one more page after this. Sometimes I do, I answer the questions on video, um, the ask and you shall receive answers videos. So you might see your, your, your questions answered there. Um, we should have another guest next week. So keep listening, keep asking your questions and check out Josh Failkov's books. And I, I feel like this is just a totally abrupt ending. But I know I'm kind of dragging it. Thanks a lot. Oh, the other thing, if you do like the show and you are um, listening 
And I, I thank you for that really, truly from the bottom of my heart. Cause I mean, that's why I'm doing, I'm doing this, this for you guys. Um, you know, this is two, two hours plus that, you know, I, I could be working on something else because, you know, it, and it's not just two hours of doing this because, you know, there's the arranging this and then, you know, and then there's the editing process and then there's, I have to make the, the silly, you know, image and all that. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I appreciate, I absolutely appreciate you guys listening, but what you could also do is go to iTunes, you know, if, if that's how you're getting these shows, or even if you're not going to iTunes, but, you know, post a review there, you know, let me know what you think, let other people know what you think in order to, to justify doing this in case the people upstairs are like, why are you doing this, this show when, you know, there's not that many reviews on iTunes. So I'd appreciate if you, if you could do that. So thanks for listening and make sure you're nice to each other. Make sure you're nice to your parents and to your siblings and to your friends. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. So, so my question, my question is, is, could it be? We don't know. And I would like to ask you which comic book best affected you most emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the question. Don't oh, shake your head. I love Alan Davis. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. I give this a two.